Welcome to Fleet Baptist Church. We hope you enjoy the latest in our teaching series. Good morning, church. It is my absolute joy and privilege to be with you this morning. I've, do you know what? I haven't done this in a while. I've genuinely, I've missed um, speaking to you, if that sounds, so that probably sounds a bit weird, but um, even though I know I can't see you right now, and there's no one else, well, actually, the great Sue Rinaldi's in the room, but I know that you're not here right now, but somehow I still feel like I'm speaking to you, and I, I just miss all of you, so I, I hope you know that. I hope you're doing well, and I hope you're finding joy in this chaos. And actually, I've spent the last month living with joy, and I genuinely mean that. Um, I've been, for those of you who may not be aware, I've been retreating for the last month by the sea, and um, I've been living with some friends, of one of which is called Joy. So... If you haven't guessed by now, if you haven't guessed from the wonderful title candle thing that Francois put together for us, thank you, Francois, we are talking about joy this morning. And so why don't you open your Bibles, just look at the screen, it should come up, and we're going to read Luke 2, 8 to 11 together. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. That sentence always makes me think of the vicar of Dibley, but never mind. Anyway, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all, all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. You know, this Angel's announcement includes several of the most used words in Luke's gospel, a fact that shows the tremendous importance of this announcement. These terms include, but are not limited to, bring good news, which is always in the, uh, the verbal form. I'm going to try and pronounce all of these words in the, uh, in the Greek, I think they are. Um, maybe Sue could even put a title underneath of what I'm trying to say as, as to what I, what I am saying. Depending on how much time she has for editing, depends on whether that will happen or not. But euangelizome is that word, it means bring good news. Another word, joy, chara, is the word. Often occurs more often in Luke than Matthew and Mark combined. People, laos, used 35 times in Luke, 14 in Matthew, never in Mark. And today, which occurs again more in Luke than Matthew and Mark combined, semeron is that word. You know, in a nutshell, the angel is saying, do not be afraid because I bring good news, the news of the evangel, the gospel of great joy. For what greater joy could there be than that of the realization and wholehearted acceptance of the fact that God himself gave us his one and only son, bringing about the solution to the world's greatest problem, the sin that separated us from our Father, our Creator, for that is what sin is, it's separation. This news is for all people, no matter age, race, sex, or background, and the joy is on offer today, today. Being born to you is your Saviour. The long ago promised Saviour has now finally arrived. And if you get nothing else from what I say this morning, that should be enough. Our saviour has arrived because what great news that today on offer is this joy for you. I want to say that again, that today 
on offer is this joy for you. We know, don't we, that the shepherds then hurry off to search out for this great joy. And the difference we know between joy and happiness is that happiness is temporary and joy is eternal. There is nothing we can do to take that great joy away. That statement is true. And yeah, I don't know about you, but joy's been a little bit hard this year. Our joy in Christ cannot be taken away, and yet my experience of joy in the day-to-day fluctuates. And so I've been left with this question, and I, um, I've joked at the beginning that I, I've been living with joy, but I really actually have been for the last couple of weeks whilst I've been thinking about this is the subject I need to talk on, the one that um, I'd been kind of given in the slot in our Advent series, joy. I've been thinking about it, and I've really been thinking about this, which is what is joy? And why is joy so hard to find or to experience sometimes? And the answer I've come to is it's all about where we fix our gaze. Let me read this in Hebrews. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Aphorio means to look away from all else, fix one's gaze upon, not a casual glance, but a firmly fixed gaze is what is meant. Fix your eyes on Jesus. You may um, be very surprised to hear, um, I tried to take up running this year, and I say tried to because um, uh, I had a surgery halfway through the year, which has meant that running at the moment is quite painful and because of the scar I've got but I'm aiming to get back at it but uh, when I started running I, I was trying to do the couch to 5k and when I started running it was just excruciating uh, the first couple of weeks I think um, the, the, I mean particularly the first week uh, I was living with Yvonne and Conrad at the time and um, I was in the shower after a run and I think Poor Yvonne came and knocked on the door and left the meeting she was in because I think she genuinely thought I was dying to death in the shower. Um, I wasn't, I was just coughing because I was so unfit. And it was just, honestly, it was like hard, hard work. And it was about week three and I was like, man, these endorphins that you're meant to get from running, they're not kicking in right now. I've heard a lot about them. I thought they'd turn up, didn't. And it was just, honestly, it was immensely excruciating to go out every day and to run. I knew it was good for me, but I was just so unfit. And it was a halfway through a run one day, and uh, I just thought, oh, I just can't do this anymore. Um, and I just sort of looked up and went, I'm just going to run to the end of the road, and then that that'll be enough. And um, be- before that, I'd been running just like just with my head down, um, hoping that I wouldn't see anybody that I knew. It wasn't a pretty sight, but just I'm just like counting like one, two, three, four. You can do this, Barnes. One, two, three, and it was horrible. And it was a mental battle. And then suddenly, as I looked upon, I'm just going to run towards the end of the road. I, I was like, that lamppost there, that's the one I'm going to go to. Once I'd fixed my goal there, I got to that lamppost, and I was incredibly shocked by how quickly it felt I had got there. Why? Because suddenly my, my attention wasn't on my present, where I was, the present pain, but this is the goal I'm heading to. And what I found post that was that running became far more easier because I would just go, I'm going to run to that next bit. I would run to that next bit. 
and I'd fix my gaze on the goal. And it became easier. I want to ask you, where are you fixing your gaze? Because when we focus on the author and perfecter of our faith, running the race becomes so much easier. I love that it says this in that verse. It says, for the joy set before him, Jesus chose the cross. He endured the cross. Jesus chose to focus on the goal, on the joy that was to come, not on the pain of the cross. Where are you fixing your gaze? I mentioned at the beginning, um, I spent the last month retreating away. And um, I don't mind admitting that I, I went with a lot of questions. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of things have happened this year, both globally, I'm sure we're aware of things, things that have happened here at church, but there's also been a lot of personal things. I've mentioned I've had to have surgery. It's been quite difficult at times. Um, I've, I've had a bereavement in the family, and there's been, there's been some other, just a lot of personal things going on. And, I, and, I, and really, I've, I got to the point where I was, I was just tired, and I was emotionally exhausted, physically exhausted at times, and sometimes spiritually exhausted. And so, so um, I had enough annual leave to make that possible to, to retreat, and the times that I didn't, I worked. But I went with a load of questions that I wanted God to answer, a load of circumstances that I wanted God to change, and a load of places in my heart that I wanted healing. And I, I'm going to be really honest and say that those questions haven't been answered, those circumstances haven't changed, and if you poke me in the places where I need healing, it still hurts. But something has changed. My countenance has changed, I think the real reason is just I've rediscovered the joy of being with Father, the joy of the Lord. And what I would do when I was out there, um, when I was retreating, is I'd just walk every day. And um, I'd pray a little bit, but not really. I'd just chat to God, maybe. And I'd just, just walk. Nothing changed. No questions answered. But my gaze changed from being on what was around me to my Father, to the goal, to the joy. I want to read you these verses in 1 Peter 1, 3 to 9. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. You see, this joy that we are being offered, that has always been on offer, is a living hope and eternal promise. 
I am loving those Bible Project videos that we're watching um, before the service. And um, if you didn't pay attention to the Joy one, I'd actually really encourage you to go back and watch it. I think it says an incredible amount about joy that is worth paying attention to. Um, but I'm just going to read you this uh, bit from it, which says, When you believe that Jesus' love has overcome death itself, joy becomes reasonable even in the darkest of circumstances. You know, it's not about suppressing sorrow. Paul writes, doesn't he, that we may suffer, yet in every season we are always found rejoicing because we know that sorrow, sorrow is important to God, but there is joy in the morning. There can be joy found. It's a choice to trust Jesus that our circumstances will not have the final word. Do you know that Corona, COVID-19, won't have the final word? It just won't. Your circumstances that you find yourself in, it will not have the final word. It's not only possible to experience the joy because of the hope set before us, but it's possible to experience joy in this moment in the midst of the circumstance. I um, saw this clip, it's available on HTV, it's an interview with Tim Keller, and it just came up on my, I think, Instagram feed, actually. Um, and Tim Keller, for those of you who don't know, has um, been going through treatment for pancreatic cancer. Um, and he said this in the interview, he said, our greatest fear is that if I get a good cancer diagnosis, I never want to go spiritually back to where I was before. What he's saying is, even, even if the best thing happens, possibly, which is that I'll, I'll be cancer-free, I don't want to go back to life before that because what he's learned is that in the midst of this horrible circumstance, he's found a relationship with God, found a way of communing with God like he's never done before, and he doesn't want to lose that joy. Even in the midst of the circumstance, joy can be found. I think it's important to recognize that those shepherds that found the greatest joy of one of the first people to experience the greatest joy, Jesus being born. They still have to go back to those fields. We know, don't we, that shepherds, that wasn't a chosen profession. You look at David with, um, he was a forgotten, forgotten son almost, because he was sent out to tend the sheep. He was forgotten about, like, oh, I've got that son over there in the field. They go back, they've experienced the greatest joy, and they still have to go back to their circumstances, but they know. They know what they saw that day. That today on offer is joy for you. You see, joy is an invitation and it's a guarantee. But if you seek him, if you leave your sheep and go try and find him, that I've got good news for you guys. That will cause you great joy. Because today there is a saviour born for you, who died for you. Who cares for you? I want to end by praying for those who are struggling right now to find joy. I know that we're in the Christmas season, and that Christmas season always means that we have to be positive, and I don't know that that's the kind of atmosphere. But but actually, I I've got a real burden on my heart to pray for those who, who are struggling. Maybe you're just struggling with not being able to see your friends and hug them like you want to. Maybe it's as simple as that. But that's still something that sometimes we struggle to find joy and maybe you are in the darkest toughest circumstance i want to tell you that there is joy on offer today and it's for you and even in the midst of your roughest circumstance 
it can be found. So let me pray. Father, I want to thank you that you sent your son. You sent your son as a baby. You gave up everything to win us. To bring us close to you. And that in that giving of your son, there was an invitation into joy, into a joy that would not fail. And so I want to pray for every single person who is struggling, every single person who's having a rough time right now, that in the darkness, they would seek you. And that as they fix their gaze upon you, they would experience the deep joy that only you can bring. And that even if nothing changes around them, they would fix their eyes on you, Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And they would know that you are for them, that you are with them, and that you care so deeply about them. In your holy and precious name, Jesus. Amen. We have a prayer ministry. If you are genuinely really struggling, please reach out. We care. We want to help you through that. We want to work walk that journey with you the zoom id should come up below it's starting right now after this meeting or uh, all the pastors are on hand send us an email call in the office our mobile numbers should be available on church suite just get in contact we want to walk that thing those things through with you joy is on offer for you today have a great week